Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to our second episode of Linkage uh, Podcast. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing with Episcopal Retirement Services. And I'm here with Kristen Davenport, our Director of Communications for ERS and uh, one of our executive producers. How are you doing, Kristen? Hey, Brian, I'm great. It's good to talk with you today. Yeah, good to talk to you. We're uh, working in different locations, but uh, at least we get to stay in regular contact, uh, contact with each other and, uh, and get to do this new, new venture together. Yes, technology has been our friend during this whole pandemic, for sure. Absolutely. Well, we're excited to, for our second podcast. We've uh, had a great launch of our first podcast. A lot of, of listeners have tuned in, so excited to bring another, another episode uh, out to, to our listeners. Yes, Brian, today for um, our guests, we have resident Annie Brown. She lives at St. Paul Village, which is one of our affordable living communities in Madisonville, which is a neighborhood of Cincinnati. We'll also check in with our CEO, Laura Lamb. Laura's got some great stories for us about things that are continuing to happen during this time that are just really positive and, and show that we're, we're all pulling together and we're gonna make it through all this. And our last guest is Wheezy Walker. Wheezy lives with us at Dudley Square, which is Independent Living Patio Homes in Louisville, Kentucky, which is part of our Episcopal Church Home community there. And Wheezy um, has had some uh, interesting surprises lately, so she'll share about that. Well, that's great. I think we've got a great show lined up this week, and we're excited to hear from some, uh, some more residents about how they're getting through uh, this uh, COVID-19 time and, uh, and how they're living better lives. So with that being said, I think uh, we'll launch into our first segment. You want to tell us who we're interviewing first, Kristen? Yes, first with us today is Annie Brown. I'd like to welcome our first guest, Annie Brown. She is a resident at St. Paul Village, which is a neighborhood of Cincinnati, Madisonville, Ohio. Annie has lived with us at St. Paul Village, an affordable living community for four years now. Annie is born and raised in Cincinnati, on the West End, she raised her family there with her husband. She has eight children and many, many grandchildren. And welcome, Annie. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you are so very welcome. Well, Annie, we just wanted to check in with some of our residents. And you were one of the folks we, we knew about as somebody that's uh, staying positive right now. So Annie, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine so far, trying to find out what the weather's going to be like outside so I can get out and get my walking in, <laughs> a little exercise. Oh, that is and, wonderful. And in the house, I will do the basic, basic things that they want us to do. Stay at home, follow the rules, and be happy, and hopefully eventually the virus will disappear and we can get back to being us again with our friends and our neighbors and keep my distance and just be happy that I'm alive. 
That's so true, Annie. You make such a good point. You know, if we follow those rules, how much quicker we're going to be able to get back to being ourselves a little, what feels a little more like ourselves. Right. You mentioned trying to do some things to, to stay healthy. Why don't you um, share with everyone some of those things that you're doing to stay healthy? Well, like I said, I'm following the rules, laying down the land, be careful, be apologetic. If you hurt somebody's feeling, apologize for it. Be a friend and hope the best for them. And don't put other people down. Be a good neighbor and think about, with my children, think about putting yourself in their place. Don't criticize everybody because we all have issues, big, large, and what have you. And think about what you say to people and just try to be a happy, good person. And that's basically it. That but is wonderful. At home, today, I will be vacuuming, keep myself busy. <laughs> I look at, um, I don't have cable. I look at me TV, and I love the Cowboys on that. <laughs> I and I it. talk to my children practically every day because they call and check up on me. Well, they find good. out what do I need, and whatever I need, they will pick it up for me. And... That's it. Make it a happy day. It's not that the best fun. day, but I'm here to see it and hear it. Yeah, that is so great. You know, I, I, I wondered uh, for folks that, uh, you know, live independently, you probably were used to getting out on the, on the bus and doing things. And it, it sounds like you are finding really positive ways to manage through this. Well, I'm trying. And my biggest problem is what do I fix for breakfast or for dinner since I only have to cook for me? Yes. <laughs> and and uh, one day I'm going to grow up. <laughs> 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 and next month is my birthday coming in. <laughs> wow, congratulations. I, thank you. I'll be 85. Oh, my goodness. What a wonderful thing. But they're just numbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you get a lot of birthday cards on your birthday because that's a great way to celebrate. And that's one of those things that we can still can still do. Send cards, right? That's true. But my children, they check up on me. My sons, they call me. And my other five daughters, because one is deceased, they call me and check up on me. And make sure that I'm not just sitting, being idle, be busy. So it's like, okay, I'll do some reading. I love to do word finds. Oh, and good. every now and then I call some of my neighbors, but we do it over the phone, not in person, because of the separation that we need to go through. And yes. I miss them because we're yes. used to being around each other, but until things change, we do what we're supposed to do. 
Well, it sounds like you're doing all the right things. You know, you're using your technology that you have to make phone calls and stay in touch that way. And that's, that's a really good thing. Well, I'm trying. Well, that is wonderful. Well, Miss Annie, I'm going to wrap up this uh, conversation. I would like you to just share one more thing with us. And what's that thing that you are most looking forward to once we're, uh, as you put it, uh, back to being more of what ourselves are, are typically like? What is that one thing you're really looking forward to there at St. Paul Village? To go outside and say it's over, we're doing good feel bad for the people that did pass, and we'll always miss them, but I'm sure that they're there watching over us, so just try to be safe and abide by the rules. You just have the most positive attitude, Miss Annie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, that was a great interview with Annie, Kristen. It was so so good to hear how positive she is and and how willing she is to to work to get through this uh this this challenging time annie really had some good inspiration for all of us just that if we can manage to follow the rules right now we're all going to get back to being who we really are well that's wonderful and our next segment uh is with uh, president and ceo of episcopal retirement services laura lamb we're doing this weekly segment to kind of talk about things going on within the ERS universe and the really neat stories that have come out of, of this crisis. So uh, with that, here's my interview with Laura. We welcome our uh, president and CEO, Laura Lamb. Uh, it's good to be back with her. Last week's uh, segment uh, proved to be wildly popular as we launched uh, our first podcast. And it's good to be with you again, Laura. Hey, Brian, how are you? It's good to be with you as well. Doing well, doing well. So I, I thought we'd just get right into it. You know, there's been a lot going on over the last few weeks. And, uh, you know, th this past week, the, the, the big chatter was, you know, now the governor is starting to talk about opening up our, our uh, businesses and our communities a little bit, obviously in a phased approach. And that doesn't necessarily mean life's going to go right back to normal. How do you see the phasing or the opening of, of our communities um, and our businesses? And how, how will that affect ERS and maybe other senior living organizations? How do we do that safely? Wow, that's the question of the day. It's a great question, Brian. I appreciate you asking it. And I can assure you that we're listening carefully to the public health guidelines. And we've asked our managers and specifically our risk management team to really take the guidelines and figure out just the answer to that question, what does it mean for ERS? But at a high level, I can tell you that the guidelines, if you look at them either on a federal level or on a state level, really they're broken down into multiple parts. And uh, three phases is, is really the generally accepted kind of um, approach that it seems to be emerging. And one thing that I'm seeing as states start announcing their plans, and it's consistent with the national um, CDC guidelines, is that the three phases will be um, mostly for businesses that aren't serving vulnerable populations. 
So for an example, in the president's plan, he, he laid out three phases and the first two phases um, would not change greatly what we're doing in senior living organizations. Um, it's not till the third phase that um, the White House expects uh, a lift on uh, visitors, prohibiting visitors in senior living facilities and hospitals until after phase three. So that really puts um, you know, a challenge ahead of us um, as an organization because uh, depending on how quickly the country and a, a particular a region can work through their phases, we, we're still talking you know, several months before anyone's predicting um, that we would be in um, phase three. So our teams are really looking at, you know, what can we do incrementally based on science, based on good um, practices such as social distancing, hand washing, mask, what can we do um, in phase one and two and still be in, in support of the guidance. But it really uh, does present an interesting challenge for us in our organizations because uh, we are in a congregate setting. Um, so what we can do is going to be very different from say, you know, a retail um, site or a manufacturing site or a restaurant because of the vulnerable population that we serve. Yeah, so it, obviously we're in, you know, in for a little bit more time. And I, I, I think I've heard from you that um, you know, in the past, it, it's not necessarily a, a sprint, but a marathon. And, and you know, we, we were talking about kind of the challenges of having to hunker down in our, our homes and our, our apartments or in our areas and, and the challenges that can kind of play on our emotions and, and mental health. And, you know, I, I think that, that that can be challenging. Um, but but I, I know you've got some great tips maybe for our residents and family members and staff that you might be able to share with us? Yeah, I, well, I appreciate that. I don't know if they're, they're great, but I can share with you what, what I'm doing because um, I think you, you said it well, it is not a sprint. Um, this is, uh, to me, it's a marathon. And what that says to me is I need to do whatever I can to make sure that I have the the energy, the strength, and ultimately the endurance to do a marathon. Um, and so, you know, the way I've been approaching it is really trying to reframe my situation and, and, and find the joy in the endurance and building the endurance. And I think it starts with self-awareness for all of us and, and kind of knowing ourselves and knowing when you know, we're feeling um, a little anxious or a little fearful or a little overwhelmed, whatever that trigger is, and, and knowing ourselves to say, what can we do to really kind of um, exercise that endurance um, muscle that we all have? And, and for me, you know, I, I, I know myself, um, I feel that um, anxiety building up with me when I don't have a creative outlet. And, um, you know, my family can probably identify it even earlier than I do. But um, so I really enjoy having a creative outlet, whether that's, 
you know, designing something or redecorating something or, um, you know, you name it. My, my husband will tell you that I've redecorated the, the living room twice um, in the six weeks I've been home. So maybe, maybe stop doing that, Laura, is what he might say to you. Um, so I've had to come up with other creative outlets because I know that that's a need that I have and it fulfills me and I can't do it the way I've always done it in a non-quarantine fashion. So I've taken to um, producing a couple videos. Uh, and I know that sounds really funny and um, kind of, well, where is that coming from? But again, it's a way for me to flex that creative muscle that I really enjoy. It, like I said, it fulfills me. And if I can make it so that it's helpful to my team, my residents, my staff or others, then it's, it's, it's a win-win. So I would just encourage people to really think about what kind of fulfills them and um, kind of write it down and, and, and ask yourself, well, how can I reframe this in this new uh, world that I'm living in? And how can I take what I used to do and what is fulfilling and do it maybe in a different way so that I'm still getting that, that emotional um, outlet or that charge that I need um, during these crazy, crazy times of quarantine and, and social distancing. Yeah, I really like that idea of that creative outlet. I think, you know, if I think of myself, sometimes it's that creative creativity that's really helpful. Sometimes it's even physical. Like I built a, a wall in my backyard here recently. Yeah, um, yeah. Something I would never have gotten to do, you know, when we're all running around with the kids and, and uh, or for work or, or other, you know, things that we're trying to get done on when we're living that fast paced life. So well, Brian, I've seen pictures of that wall, and I think <laughs> the audience should know it's not just any wall. It was a big wall. So. Yeah, th thank you. That's really cool. <laughs> it, was, it was some good, good hard labor there. Uh, yeah. Fun. Well, um, I, you know, one of the favorite things from uh, last week, we, we talked about some uh, interesting stories from around ERS uh, with you and you know, one of the things I'm finding on a daily basis, there's no shortage of great stories coming from our staff and our residents um, and, and even family members. Can you share a couple examples of some stories that you've been hearing from our communities or even from our services? Oh, I was hoping you'd ask me that again this week. I love the stories too. Um, well, the first story I want to share with you is just, um, I'm a sucker for love stories. So, um, Two of our residents, Joe and Joy uh, Cognac from ECH Episcopal Church Home down in Louisville, uh, has had the, the blessing of celebrating a year 59 of marriage um, during a quarantine. And I love their spirit because that was not going to let them uh, stop their stop them from celebrating um, their their marriage and their family got into the fun. So um, we have great pictures of them holding hands um, with celebrating with this massive, beautiful sheet cake. And lo and behold, right outside the window down at ECH, their, their families were enjoying um, the festivities. Um, again, very safely, yeah. social distancing, not coming in the building, but 
you know, this generation that we're serving has gone through so many things, and I just love the spirit and the uh, tenaciousness that they're not going to allow uh, a pandemic um, stop them from celebrating their 59 years of love. So I love that one. That's wonderful. How precious. It is. It is. And then um, I want to uh, share with you a story in our affordable living community. So um, here in Cincinnati, Ohio, we have a lot of resources and a lot of folks donating things to us because we're a large city. And Kathy Eisenland does a wonderful job of, of kind of thinking about just not uh, the communities that have a lot of resources, but making sure that we're sharing those resources broadly. So a local Cincinnati company called La Soup um, was blessed with a large donation from um, Cisco Cincinnati um, to make more product, their soup. And so they did that, and um, in a wonderful full circle um, example, they donated back that finished product of soup, and in this example, some hamburger patties to Episcopal Retirement Services. And what Kathy did is she took um, a look at where the donations were coming in and realized that our outer communities really needed those resources. So she rallied her team and her de delivery process that she has in our affordable living communities and was able to bless the residents in New Carlisle, Ohio, with wow. the donation from La Soup here down in Cincinnati. So I just love that example of um, really spreading the blessings that we're receiving. Yeah, we've certainly got some great gifts. Uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't even uh, didn't mention that uh, La Rosa's also gave some meals out to uh, some of our communities here in Cincinnati through uh, uh, through uh, one of the aging services agencies here in Cincinnati as well. Wasn't that neat? That was so that was so special, and that's a great example that that was a really perishable donation that needed to be like given quickly, whereas the La Soup donation we had a little bit of time to make sure that we were able to transport it safely to residents that wouldn't necessarily have received something. Well, that's wonderful. Then I have a story I wanted to share with you about staff and just, you know, I've, I've said creativity and innovation are really the words that I think of um, when I think about what our staff are doing each and every day. And, um, one of the, the biggest complaints in a pandemic in a retirement community is the fact that we've had to stop our beautician and barber services. And um, I can tell you personally, Brian, I know your wife cut your hair and I sit <laughs> yes. down to pull out the scissors and the mirror and um, trim up my hair, which yep. is um, out of control right now. Yep. But I just love this. So um, our staff at Marjorie PV, again, trying to take the lemons and make lemonade, um, recruited some of the resident assistants that have always had like a, a talent in that area. You know, I don't know about you, but growing up, there was always one girlfriend that would trim our bangs or, yep. you know, um, cut hair. And yep. apparently one of our staff members at uh, Marjorie Keeley was kind of the same person in her social group and her family. And lo and behold, you know, an RA is allowed to be there and allowed to care. So she is setting up um, a corner little beautician barber shop and making sure that our residents and our um, rent, well, just our residents at this right. point, who knows, yep. our yep. residents um, get a, a quick trim and a little beauty treatment. So isn't that special that they're 
you know, just leveraging the hit, the talents that we all have and bringing them, bringing them to bear and bringing them to serve our residents. Well, that is wonderful. It's always so interesting to hear the creativity and you talk about the innovation that really have to, to think in different ways to get, get some things done and, and make our residents feel very special. So. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I love I, I love these stories, and uh, like I said, they keep coming in on a daily basis. So I'm glad we get to uh, a chance to share those in this uh, in this format. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, uh, Laura, for joining again us again this week. And uh, I, obviously, we're we're making this a, a regular segment, and so we'll look forward to, to reaching out next week. And and have a great week. I'm looking forward to it as well. Thank you, Brian. Wow, Brian, what a great interview with Laura today. It's always so good to hear from her. It just gives us as employees and residents and family members confidence knowing that she's got some great wisdom about how best to reopen. And uh, it, we, know, we all, I think, know that it'll be done just the smartest way possible. Yeah, it certainly was good to catch up with Laura. She's a, a great leader of the organization and very obviously compassionate, um, uh, but very science-driven and data-driven behind all of this. So uh, again, it was good, good to catch up with her and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with her again next week. Yeah, for sure. Um, that is what we need to hear right now. And, and I look forward to her update again next week. Yeah. So our next segment is uh, an interview with uh, one of our residents, as you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Wheezy Walker, who lives at uh, Dudley Patio Homes down at Episcopal Church Home in Louisville. And I had a chance to catch up with Wheezy and talk about how she's doing during, uh, during this time. And, and she's got kind of an inspirational, fun story uh, that we'll share. So I'm here with uh, Wheezy Walker. She's uh, a resident of Dudley Square Patio Homes, which is uh, the independent living patio homes at Episcopal Church Home in Louisville. And uh, Wheezy's been a resident uh, at uh, Dudley Square for about 12 years. She's uh, been very active in her time uh, since she's been at, uh, at Dudley, Dudley Square. She's participated in the women's board and helped out with the gift shop. Um, she's helped, uh, helped with the Bible studies that happen uh, uh, on the campus, and she takes part in a lot, of, uh, a lot of the life enrichment programming, such as the Feet to the Fire program, which is a, a wonderful writing program. Um, so we're really excited to have you, Easy. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> I'm delighted to be here. I really am. Yeah, well, we're, we're really excited to launch this podcast and reach out to our residents. So we're, we're, we're glad to have you on our, uh, on one of our uh, first podcasts that we're, uh, we're sending out into the, into the internet. So I, we, uh, I thought I'd just start out a question, you know, just to see how you're doing amongst, the, you know, all this, this, uh, this change and the challenge that we're seeing with COVID-19, how are you adjusting to life? I am doing very well, very well, thank you. But, but I, mean, I find so much to do that by nighttime, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm ready to go to bed. And of course, it takes me a long time to go to bed because I, ha I do read a little bit before I go and I don't, 
I'm a night person, so it's kind of late before I go to bed. <laughs> but I, I yeah, I'm enjoying doing what I want when I want to, though. That's nice. Yeah, and I understand you love your reading and writing. Oh, I do. I do. Yes. Uh huh. So, what other I'll things you have you? Mean... Oh, go ahead. Our... Well, I'm excited over you want to know what else I'd, I like to do or what else I was doing. And uh, it's been a good time to do some of the things that I would not have done otherwise, such as um, my children have decided we are to have a book club. And now one child lives in Oregon. I have one in Birmingham, Alabama, one in Tennessee, and three in Lexington. And they're scattered around, obviously. And But all the women, uh, grandchildren, and I, and their mothers, of course, my children too, the girls are going to have a book report, a book club. Oh, wow. And I'm going to be the, yeah, and I'm going to be, and we'll do this through Zoom, of course. Sure. And I'm to do the first one because... Uh, I'm, I've, I've been in a book club longer than anybody. I've done everything more than anybody, right. <laughs> longer than anybody at this age. <laughs> sure. But so I'm working on that. I'm going to report on the Indigo Girl, which takes place out of Charleston, South Carolina, which is where I was raised, and I love the I love going over the things that happen there. So it'll be a fun report. Yeah, so and then you, I'm doing, you, you can definitely identify with uh, things I going on. I definitely, sure. I definitely identify with it. I love it, too. It's a very good book if anyone's looking for one. Sure. And then there's uh, uh, Corona Blessing, which is the name I have given the duck that has taken up residence outside my front door. We've heard about I have that. A, yes, and she's sitting on nine eggs. Oh, my and gosh. I, Yes, yes, and they should be hatching in, oh, in the next two or three weeks, I would think, at the latest. And so I watch her every day. Yeah, she, we... sits on her, she sits on her eggs every day and goes off at night. I think she goes to eat. I hope she's not a lady of the night, but yeah. I think she goes mostly to eat because she's there with those eggs all day long. Yeah, well, I, I, we've seen pictures and we've posted them up on the uh, Episcopal Church Home uh, Facebook page as well. So there's a number of people that have really enjoyed seeing those those photos. And we'll have to uh, take some more photos after the uh, the eggs have hatched. When they hatch. Yeah, yes, that'll provide be fun. an update for everyone. Yeah, so, well, that, well that's... For, go ahead. It's, it's, yeah, but, um, and you know, on Wednesday nights, we used to have happy hour over at the church home sure. for the Dudley. Yeah. Well, the residents have one, too, but we have a Dudley one also. And since mm -hmm. we can't do that, we now sit on our front porch on Wednesday afternoon, 5 o'clock, either sit on the front porch or fix your drink of choice and walk up and down the street and talk to those who are sitting on the porch. So we can, we can talk from the driveway or from the street. Sure. And have, so you're, you're have still to practicing talk. your social distancing, but getting to Ab say hello. Yeah. That's right. And we miss that. We miss being together so much because sure. we have a wonderful group living here. And it's, it's just, it is really a lot of fun to do that. As an older adult, you, you've been through a lot of situations in your lives, crisis of, you know, national world proportions that that you've lived through and, and you've probably drawn on 
a, a lot of experiences to help cope through a current crisis like this. Is, is there anything in specific that kind of helps you get through these times? I'm not finding these times uh, very difficult. I, um, I mean, I, I do the same things I use. I found that I have time to think. And I find I clean up, not because somebody might drop in, but mm-hmm. because that's what I want to do. I want, to, I want it to look nice. I don't dress to please others. I put flowers in my house because I think they're pretty. I like to read. I like to write uh, I, uh, with the feet to the fire. I mm-hmm. write my great-grandchildren who are just learning to draw and to write. And uh, a letter in the mail is a very unusual thing these days, so they mm-hmm. treasure that. That's great. So they keep, yeah, and um, I listen to music. And uh, I have, I'm enjoying the time that I have. Um, I've taken care of two husbands and raised six children who have blessed me with 13 grands and 14 great grands. And I don't run out of things to do. (laughs) It sounds like it sounds like it's very, uh, very therapeutic to to do all those things. Well, you know, I I would recommend doing this once a year, one month a year, and just take time to do to turn inward and find out what who you are and what you love and why you do what you do you know yeah. i think it's good i do yeah uh, I, I must say my turn has come and i'm enjoying it <laughs> well that's great i think there is something to just slowing down and you know we're still able to communicate just in different ways so i i think you're that's proving, right proving that's that's the case whether it's through your your Zoom calls when your book club or your letters uh-huh. or your phone calls, that's, that's wonderful. I'll, I'll tell you another thing that I have found that this iPad, which I've just gotten in the last month or two, uh, and I've learned to do is a little bit of it anyway, is this um, FaceTime with the children that I cannot see. Yeah. And my son my son sits in a big old leather chair and I sit in my big old chair here and we just talk and talk and talk and he's in Tennessee and I'm here. And when we get through I feel like I've had a real visit. That is such a treat. That is fab <laughs> yeah, that's fabulous, Wheezy. So I got I have yes. one more one more question for yes. you. Uh, right. You know, besides uh, getting together for the happy hour with your fellow Dudley residents, what are you looking forward to once this is all over? Is there something that that really stands out that you're looking forward to doing? Um, the three things. One is having dinner out with and getting some food that um, I don't cook. You know, I love to cook, but I, I mean, getting something exotic. I loved good dinner. I miss and that I, too. Yes. And bridge. I miss being with my bridge friends. I haven't tried the virtual bridge yet, but it won't, I don't think it'd be quite like being across the table and laughing and so carrying on. Sure. But we have a good time at bridge. And the main thing that I miss more than anything is, uh, is showing affection for yeah. my children, for my family, for my friends. I'm a huggy, kissy person, <laughs> and, I, I, yeah. and I like to a pat on the back and a shake hands and the whole business, you know. Sure. And it, uh, I miss. I really do miss that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, those are uh, some, which, some some great things to look forward to, and uh, I mm-hmm. really appreciate really appreciate you taking the time to. Uh, 
to get on the phone and, and talk with us. And, uh, you know, I, I think, again, along the same lines, I'm really missing some contact and meet, uh, meeting people and coming down to ECH to, to see all the residents. So ho I hope, uh, I hope right. once this is all over, we can, maybe I can get one of those hugs from you. So. Oh, I would love to share. <laughs> I, I am a, I'm a positive person, which, you know, makes me feel free to say that uh, this is going to end soon and it'll be all right with the world. Everything's going to be good. I know it will. That's and it right. won't be long. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Well, again, again, huh? th thank you so much for joining us, Wheezy, and uh, we'll talk to you I, soon. Uh, all right. I enjoyed talking with you. Look forward to seeing you. Wow, Brian, what a great interview with Wheezy. It was uh, great to hear about her special visitor, Corona Blessing. And uh, if uh, our listeners want to see Corona, they can uh, go to our Facebook page and search for Episcopal Church Home. Yeah, it was certainly a lively uh, discussion with Wheezy. It was a real pleasure. Um, you know, it's great that that she has something that engages her and, and you know, also the, the neighbors in the Dudley Square area as they're kind of doing their walk arounds the neighborhood like our residents might uh, walk through the halls at Dupree House or in the courtyard at Marjorie P. Lee. Uh, at least they can get a, a nice social distance discussion with, uh, with residents as they're walking by. The other thing I, you know, I thought I'd mention coming out of the interview, and I, I had this realization after I talked with her, but I talked about having a hug with her after all this is said and done. And certainly Kristen, I think, you know, uh, social distancing is going to be with us here, you know, for a while afterwards. And while I love my hugs, I guess we'll have to wait a little bit longer. Um, yeah. So our new traditions will have to be bowing and uh, curtsying and uh, six foot distanced air hugs, I guess. <laughs> that's right. That's very, that's, uh, that's very true. So with that being said, uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us for our second episode of the linkage podcast by Episcopal retirement services. Um, for more information, uh, you can visit us on our website at EpiscopalRetirement.com, where we've got a lot of great content, including our linkage blog. Um, we've got resources uh, where people can learn more about aging and the services we offer, and so much more. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on within our communities and our services. Uh, and of course, if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. Even if you've got feedback, please feel free to email us at info at erslife.org. That's info at erslife.org. The Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and myself, Brian Reynolds. Our associate producer is Fiasha Davis. And our technical director is Michelle Hain, who's done an excellent job putting together this show. I'd like to thank our guests today, uh, Annie Brown at St. Paul Village and Wheezy Walker at Episcopal Church Home. And of course, our president and CEO, Laura Lamb, for joining us and always giving her great updates. On behalf of myself, uh, Brian Reynolds and Kristen Davenport, thanks so much for joining us and we'll look forward to having our podcast next week. Thanks so much, Kristen. Thanks. See you again soon.